This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Hey guys, welcome to today's Rockcast. Uh, Emily's out, so I'm filling in. Sorry, all you get is me. Could you talk like Emily, maybe? No. No? <laughs> Sorry. Um, but we do want to start by thanking everyone for their podcast ideas that you guys submitted on the Slack channel. So we're going to base some of today's discussion around uh, those ideas. I guess I'm introducing myself for the next section. So Nick, tell us about how the rollout went essential. And actually, I'm really excited because I actually haven't heard any of this yet. So this is all going to be new to me. Yeah, so last week um, we we uh, cut over our website, which once you cut your website over, you're cutting over lots of infrastructure, um, all of our small groups, uh, connections and involvement, all of that got cut over. Basically, everything got cut over into Rock. So it, it was uh, both exciting and uh, we got to relearn a lot of things about uh, DNS and certificates and SSL certs and whatnot. Um, I'd say, though, for the most part, um, it was a huge success. Everyone loves working in Rock. The thing that hasn't yet cut over is check-in. So we're still using our legacy system for check-in. So if you went to our website and noticed there was a big check-in button, um, that will redirect you back to our old system still. That, we're working on that right now, and we're hoping to roll it out quickly. Um, did you have questions about anything? Well, I think, um, especially in Slack, a lot of people had interest in the website portion. Could you like unpack that part, and like how is that running? How did you guys get to that? Great question, because what we did was we kind of uh, did what maybe isn't, isn't recommended. We didn't start with a, a given... Um, Stark theme. Yeah. So we wanted to push the envelope and say, okay, what kind of problems do you run into if you just try to do this on your own? So I will caution you that it will take uh, significantly longer if you just kind of go flying by the seat of your pants and building one from scratch. Did you start from like a bootstrap kind of concept or was it even not even bootstrap when you started from it? Uh, yeah, there was bootstrap in okay. there. So, yeah, it, it does. But again, it's it was all really 100% custom. Uh, it's all essentially the work of Creston Lee. Um, he, he got the original template from a, d- a design. Um, it was mostly, though, a Photoshop s- slice-up. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of understanding on how rock works and you know putting things in and then restyling the rock pieces. Uh, so... I know some of you guys have looked on our GitHub, like our central GitHub, to, for his stuff, but it's, the stuff that's out there is kind of old. So we'll get him to push the latest um, bits up to our GitHub. So if, if you go looking, just realize that's old stuff. Cool. Well, it's, it looks really good. Thanks. Yeah, he's uh, he did a great job. So let me um, mention that... Uh, Newspring is rolling out their rock on March 13th. So if everyone would keep them in their prayers and uh, hope for a, a successful rollout, that would be fantastic. Yeah, so definitely. what about you guys? Uh, what have you been working on? David, why don't you go first? Sure. Um, probably one of the big things is a new financial gateway. Um, you know, Rock right now in the core has uh, PayFlow Pro, and a cyber source, I think, is a plug-in, but we are working on a gateway from NMI. Um, and what's exciting about that is that it, it kind of changes the whole PCI um, footprint a little bit. So currently with PayFlow Pro and the other ones, we're, your credit card is posted back to our server. We're not storing it at all, but just the fact that it's posted back to the Rock server um, ups your PCI requirements. Um, but this actually is... With the NMI gateway, you're actually never posting any of that um, sensitive data back to the Rock server, so it reduces um, what you need to do to be PCI compliant. 
but it's also not like some of the other gateways where you actually a user is redirected and sees another form that you know may look a little bit like your site, but you can tell you're on a different site. It avoids that too, so a user would never even be able to tell that you're they're leaving your site because they really aren't um, as far as what they see in their browser. So we have the the uh, capability to download transactions from that done now, and we're working on um, getting that working with giving and event registration. And are those things that would be in five O? Yes. Okay. Um, we're we're you know Nick, you mentioned New Springs rollout, so we're helping them um, with with different features they need. Um, and when you say we, you're talking about Minecart, basically, right? Right. Right. That's kind of the consulting part of okay. what we're doing. Right. Um, at the same time, we're finding time to do some 4.0 fixes. Uh, we've, you know, we've done an update, um, so we're, we keep coming back to that. Um, probably another big thing that we're looking at is um, we're really trying to get become better experts on SQL and and performance tuning SQL. And we've even actually invested in some um, literature and online classes to kind of get really tune how Rock uh, performs. Um, you know, we're, we'll probably be changing a lot of what we're doing with indexes. Um, we're, we've, you know, we've learned we've done a little bit of an overkill there. Mm. Um, and just becoming a little bit more of an expert on how we can make Rock run faster and perform better using SQL. And from what I understand, we actually spent money to buy some tools and, and whatnot so that we're spending money centrally so that everyone who uses Rock is going to gain from that. So everyone doesn't have to run out and, and do their own research in this area. I think that's one of the, the whole concepts behind Rock is exactly that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's we hope to, you know, as we, as we figure things out and as we figure them out for the... I mean, the larger churches with huge databases, they're going to see performance issues before the majority of churches using Rock. But that investment done to make everything run um, awesome for them is going to benefit... You know, small churches too. Okay, yeah. So I've been working on a few projects. Uh, one is uh, we've been working with Willow Creek. Um, they have a care center, and I've got to go out and visit that. And they want to start using Rock in the care center. Of course, they're already using it inside the church uh, for ser- several different things, but they want to start using it within their care center. And I have to say, their care center is amazing. It's an amazing place where every day hundreds of people get helped and get served. Um, those who are least fortunate. And it is quite an operation. I mean, they do a great job of making sure that people have access to this help, but they also give a good balance to make sure that there's, there's, it's appropriately given out. But also it's a given out in a way that it maximizes dignity and maximizes um, the care that's provided. So we're working with them to try to bring um, some of the features of Rock into their system. They heavily use, you know, will, will heavily use workflows um, to make sure that these care cases get pushed through. and But there's a lot of amazing new challenges, like how would you use Rock in terms of how how to track cars that are getting repaired? It's almost like a, a mechanics bay. I mean, they have a huge mechanics area, like multiple car bay, like oh. just like you'd walk into like Briggs Plus or someplace. I mean, it's it's amazing. <laughs> but how would you use Rock in the, in the process of fixing people's cars and scheduling that and the clothing center and the food area and the dentist. Wow. It's it truly amazing. Um, so it's really uh, cool to, to, to work um, when the output of the, of the work is going to be so closely tied to actually helping people. Uh, also working with CCV on some projects. So they have a, a really neat uh, dashboard that they're working on to track people's next steps. And they also have a really cool badge bar that shows... Uh, in detail, like what steps have you taken? It allows you to, to sign up right from the badge bar. Um, so I'll be kind of posting some of the details on that. Will some of the effort from there regarding the dashboard will that get folded back into Rock? Is it something that has to do with metrics? You know, that's a, that's a good question, and, and the unfortunate answer is no. That a lot of that is just really custom stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's good, but it's custom to, to to the unique requirements, and unfortunately, that's just the way. It, has to be on that project. There's just not a lot of reuse. Um, it's an interesting project. It's a fun project, but it's one of those projects that's like, because it doesn't have that much reuse or that much putting in the core, it, it's, you know, 
I wish it could be shared more. But you know, I think what the, the cool thing that can be shared is just the, the ideas and, the, and some of the, the best practices that they're doing. I mean, those can definitely be shared. And you know, I'd love to just show a few screenshots of what you know what we did for that, so that you guys could get some ideas. So indirectly, lessons learned might get put into rock somehow in some places. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you we work on any project, you always come out a little bit sharper. Like there's some things that. Uh, I did with in that one on the badges that you can have rollovers and popovers at the same time, and mm. it's kind of neat. So I think those things I'll I'll definitely be using in in other projects. It's uh, every project grows you in some way. Um, also, I've been working um, off and on. This has actually been for a lot, uh, probably like six months on on playing with Power BI and other BI tools. The BI market is like an amazing market right now that's really taking off. And there's, you know, Tableau's doing a great job, and it's, it's an amazing product. And Microsoft Power BI is, a, is also an amazing tool. Um, and I think the difference, how I kind of portray it, you know, using both and researching both, is Tableau right now is definitely the market leader in terms of capabilities. And it can do some things very, very easily. Um, I think Microsoft Power BI is really winning on price. The price is incredible. Like it's free, and, and you know, for for a lot of things. And if you do want to pay for it, it's it's like nine dollars uh, per user per month, which is amazing. And I think they do a really good job making charts visually appealing in in an, in an easy way. I think a lot of the high end features and power, you know, they don't really have as much as Tableau has, but they're they're ramping that up. Like every month, there's a new release. And the new release has like amazing features, um, and a lot of the you know research groups like Gartner and, and Forrester are giving them very high marks on on what their capabilities are. And again, this goes back to what David talks about. Like we're trying to research these tools and implement these tools and, and understand them so that we can get them to you in a way that's even easier. Like we already have charted the course of what's the best practice. You know, I have some thoughts about creating some blocks that will help you make um, some of the models a lot easier. I think the data model in Rock is super powerful, but it can be a little bit complex around concepts like person aliases, and and there's a lot of denormalization that needs to be there, but it can be tricky when you get to reporting. So we want to write some blocks. You know, we have a vision to write some blocks that would actually kind of uh, uh, fix that. So again, really cool. I, I wish I had more time to like just show you some of the stuff that we've done with Power BI, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been able to see a little bit of it, and it's just exciting. Just a whole new interface for just viewing your data, things that you wouldn't expect to be able to pull out of your data. Yeah, and I wish, I wish my day, honestly, was being able to play with these tools and then half the day, half, the other half of the day just doing videos to show you how to do it so you can, you can do it too. Right, and, and the hope is that day will come. Yeah. You know, we're, we're slowly getting there. Uh, giving has been steadily increasing, or I should say increasing. Yeah. And uh, most of the viewers, I'm guessing, on that listen to this podcast get it and are doing a great job so we want to thank you guys but keep getting the word out yeah so we got a long ways to go so that we can do what john just said yeah we got a long ways to go but things are are on a trajectory where you know it's it, it, there's encouragement god's providing but we got a long ways to go um and also i've been working in, in my free time on some you know new, new features for version five and some you know minor stuff and some big stuff for version five and we'll, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later but um, but maybe you know we did talk about David you mentioned that you are working on some fixes for v4 do you want to just give us a quick update on, on kind of what's the update plan for v4 sure uh, well as you know four one and four oh went out at the same time um, which included uh, event registration so. As people start to use that, they you know discovered a few issues. So we've addressed those and fixed those in 4.2, which will go out actually today. We're going to release it today. And that mainly has some fixes around um, a little bit better error handling with registration and what happens if somebody, you know, their credit card doesn't work or they cancel the registration half through. Just handling those situations a little bit better. Um, we fixed a bug with the statement generators and some edge cases where someone may have given to two different funds. It's some of the, some is um, uh, um, <laughs> non cash, non not non cash where uh, they can report it. Um, uh, 
tax deductible. Thank you, tax deductible. <laughs> Where they split it between a tax deductible uh, fund and a non-tax deductible. Um, so that goes out today, and we've already actually started working on the 4.3 update, um, which we hope to get out next week. So that... Right. So this is a note to all of our alpha testers and beta testers. You'll notice the cycle is going to be increasing here because we want to be able to get these things out the door as quick as possible. Right. Right. Um, so 4.3, what it includes is um, some check-in. There was an issue with 4.0 with uh, check-in occurrence start times. Um, we made some caching changes that were to improve performance, um, but that had a little bit of a side effect um, that we're fixing in 4.3. Um, and then there's some also some fixes around attendance, uh, manual manual attendance entry, and, and some uh, some group finder, uh, lava debug, um, timeout kind of issues. But that should be, we hope to get that released actually the end of next week. Cool, excellent. All right, well, I'm going to move on, and I'll, I'll talk about the rock shop. Some of you guys have noticed and have said, hey, I see the rock shop. When is that open? Yes, it is open. So there are a handful of blocks out there at the moment, and we know that there's uh, been requests for more blocks. So I would just encourage you guys to start writing your, your blocks and plugins for the rock shop. And uh, there's documentation under the developer section of the Rock RMS website. If you want to learn how to package your plugin, that's where you'll go. Currently, though, let's just review a few of these that are out there. There's um, a storage plugin for Azure and S3. It lets you move your files from your web server into the cloud. And if I understand correctly, once you install that, you can have an option to, it will literally do that move for you. It doesn't actually do the move. It, all new files will be created there. Okay. We, we've thought about creating like a, a plugin that would be like a storage mover, like a storage takes it from here and moves it to there. Because it could be like, oh, yeah, I want it in Azure. And then two years later, like, no, S3 is better. Or there's a new one that's created that we don't we haven't heard about because it's not right. created yet. Um, so I think a, a storage mover would be something that would make a great plug-in. We've thought about doing it, but honestly, someone else <laughs> has the time. Go for it. Right. Yeah, go for it. Just just let us know, like, in the plug-in channel on Slack so we know we don't get started. So Right. So, so this will basically, once you put that in place, all... I, new items in that file type will be stored up in that location. Right. Perfect. And then there's a text-to-workflow, which will launch workflows from a text message. There, and jump in at any point here if, if you want to highlight something more. Uh, there's the SendGrid plugin, which is just another great uh, delivery network that um, basically like a mandrel, like, exactly. like what Mandrel's doing for Rock today. Very cool, very cool. Ideal Postcodes, that's the plugin written uh, by Aaron out in the UK, does address verification. Um, and coming soon, there's the push pay, which is going to be a, a plugin in the Rock Shop. The exchange contact sync, which will move your contact information for following and selected groups to your Outlook and phone. Do you want to talk about that a little more? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always great to have, you know, the contacts on your phone. I mean, especially when people call you, you, you get to see their name and you don't have to enter it. Or their picture. I mean, it syncs their photo and all their contact information. And that's for, yeah, like you mentioned, following any groups you subscribe to or if you just want to do all staff members. Um, and so that's the beauty. It just gets to your phone. So it's really complementing a great mobile rock experience, but, it, you know, it's doing things that your mobile web page can't do with your contacts. Yep. And then there's there's many more, and when we're basically kind of deciding that we'll we'll probably be tweeting as new items are added or released into the Rock Shop as you guys create them, we'll tweet them so that you'll you'll all know that they're out there. Yeah, I know there's several churches working on um, some plugins to add that they want to share. I mean, just if you if you have one of those, just make a goal like two weeks, get it in. You know, I know we're all super busy. Um, but I know there's a lot of people who are really looking forward to that. Right. And if you have questions about, you know, the creation process, by all means, go into that plugin channel on Slack and ask us. Mm -hmm. um, don't be afraid to ask. We understand that um, no one other than a handful of people have gone through that. So please ask questions. All right, let's transition and talk about the roadmap. Let's talk about the future. John, what, do you, what would you like to say about the future? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could predict it. Um, so when it comes to the roadmap, a lot of the roadmap is is really 
limited by how much time do we have to work on these core features. Now, some of the stuff that we're working on through our consulting is in core. You know, I'd, I'd say at least half of it is, um, but a lot of it isn't. So, um, but I think when we look at the roadmap, we really want to make sure that we have smaller uh, releases in 4.0. 4.0 was that huge monster's hamburger. That if you went to the conference, you saw a big picture of that. We don't want to have those. Those are big, huge. They're hard to package. They're hard to debug. There's just a lot of reasons why we don't want to do that. We'd rather have smaller releases. So V5 will be significantly smaller than V4. And we want to have a V6 also this year, at least a V6 this year too. So we're working on the final feature set for V5. And it'll be a mixture of, of a couple of major features and a lot of polish. In fact, there's a lot of stuff already done that we did after 4.0 that's not in the updates. Because remember, updates are really for bug fixes, and it's not for new features, it's not for polish. So there's a lot of stuff that's already in um, the develop branch that won't make it into a, a v4.x um, that's there. In fact, sometimes I I find myself going, oh yeah, sorry, that's that's not in 4.0. Like, uh, there's a lot of giving features, like from the back end, like administration, a lot of little polish put into that. And sometimes I'm correcting myself in the Q&A because I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry, that feature actually isn't in uh, V4, that would be in V5. So a lot of polish. But when we look at, like, V5, what, what are some of the major features? Actually, you know, of course, the NMI gateway will be a big one that David already mentioned. Also, dynamic compilation of less on the server will be there, and it'll be, have some really cool tools allowing you to adjust a theme without having to know anything about CSS or less, so you'll be able to adjust some theme colors um, without having to know that. And a lot of that capability will be dependent upon the theme developer making it that way, but we're working on how to communicate that to them. Um, and also, there's be some check-in enhancements um, to give you a few more options of how check-in might work. Uh, of course, if you like it the way it is, it'll remain that way. But we also want to kind of polish up how um, the setup of check-in works to try to make it a little bit easier. Um, and there's a couple of things that might make it on that list, but we're just trying to see um, it, on the timing of that. Now, when we look at 6.0, um, what, you know, whatever we didn't get into 5, we'll kind of push to 6. But one of the things we really want to focus on 6.0 is some really cool and some major new enhancements to workflows. Um, I mean, I think that's everybody's you know, favorite thing about Rock once they get it up and running. So we have, we have some things for workflows that literally will blow your mind. Like it's going to make them so much more powerful and the configuration of them so much easier. Um, so we have some really high level like ideas uh, and kind of fleshed them out a little bit in some R&D. I'm not sure we're ready to kind of show them yet because I'm not, I never like to show anything that I don't know for certain we're going to be able to get to work. And, and would, would some of this address the, uh, the surprising uh, workflows that we've seen people trying to create, like with 90 plus actions and attributes and activities. For sure. Okay. Yeah. So that in V6, that the, the, the new UI of how you make workflows will, will definitely address that. Hmm. Um, I don't think that, honestly, that there'll be time for V5 to refactor that because that's a pretty major refactor. And I don't think it makes sense to put a major refactor in to making the current UI work when we're only just going to blow that UI away in version 6. Hmm. Um, so yeah, um, if we can, if there's some small changes we can make to make that work, we'll try to do that. But honestly, I don't think those are small changes. I think those are pretty large changes. But I think the V6 ideas are going to blow your mind. So um, we'll, we'll all be wanting to adopt the V6 way. Yeah, and, and all your workflows, and you know, none of them are going to break. Um, we're just going to add some additional capabilities to the workflow, and then the way you configure the workflow, the UI will be much mm, different. Cool. And I think... Again, like it's it's gonna blow your mind. Like it blows my mind. Like, <laughs> um, well, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and so a lot of that comes down to like how much time do we have funded to work on these features? Right. Which you know, again, we we talked about a little bit earlier, and I don't want to hammer anyone here on this podcast, but uh, yeah, that that's what really the controlling factor is: how much time uh, funding is coming in that allows us to work on future R&D stuff and features that will blow our minds. Right. And as soon as we get a comfort level with those, we'll, you know, we'll of course, share those. We don't want to be... It's not like we're trying to hide secrets. I just, uh, again, I have a hard time showing somebody something that I don't know for sure if we're going to be able to get working. Yeah, so you I, are not an idea-wearer kind of guy. Yeah, I, I, 
there's a lot of sense of like commit like honoring those commitments like we said we could do this and if it there's a technical reason why we can't I would feel really bad so um, so yeah so that's kind of the roadmap again we hope to get the final feature set for version 5 soon um, and uh, there's already a lot of stuff in there we have to kind of go back in and figure out what, what's already in there that we've forgotten and there may be some HTML email changes in V6 possibly yeah we definitely want to improve the uh, experience of creating HTML email I think what's in there today rivals that what's what's in other systems but to me it's just not good enough like it's just not good enough right I guess that is something that I know about you is you are frequently disappointed when we don't uh, hit the mark that we want and we you know we know that it's just not good enough and uh, so just to let you guys know out there we get it we understand when something isn't polished. Yeah, in fact, in fact, I was up last night, you know, working obviously on the on the outline for the podcast. But then after that, I, I was researching HTML email um, design surfaces and like who's doing what and how do, how can we get that? I mean, it's easy to see what Mailchimp is doing. That's easy. How do we make that happen? Like we don't have the UI team that and, and the development team that, that Mailchimp has. So how do we do that? A similar example is how do we get like the the workflow editor working? Like we know like what we want it to be like I, that's kind of like the easy part. But it's like okay, well, how do we actually find the components and the tools that are open source and free to be able to do that? And in that case, we we were able to kind of crack that nut, and I think we kind of figured it out. On the HTML email one, we haven't cracked that nut. Like we, mm-hmm. of course, we know what Mailchimp does. That's easy. Yeah. And if we could do that, we would do it. Yeah. And now we need to figure out how to do that. There is no easy button. You can't just push the easy button. I wish. Yeah. So, uh, is there going to be a RX 2016? No. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when you phrase it like that, it's just too easy to say no. Of course, there is. Like that's probably one of our highlights of the year. Like the the 2015 was a was such an amazing event. Just the people being there and talking amongst them, each other and sharing ideas and, and you know, having people present from other churches. And I'm just like going, I knew you were using that feature. I knew you were doing a good job, but that's amazing. Like, Yeah, we were I was really impressed. Away. Yeah, and so I can't wait for 2016. That said, you know, we've, we've been putting a lot of effort into it. And, and, you know, we haven't been talking about it, but there's a lot of time and effort being put into, you know, on the, on the area selection and, and the host location and we're really close to having that nailed down um so we'll announce that very soon um you know we we definitely there's areas of the country we want to be in but right now that some of those areas we just don't have a a host area that we can go to Mm -hmm. so um you know it's looking like it might be more on the west coast um for 2016 and 2017 we really want to get to the east coast um so a lot of a lot of the criteria really is well where can we have this? Like, who has the space, the right space? Right, and at some point, is there still a possibility we might do two in one year? Yeah. Maybe one centrally located, Texas? Yeah. For anyone out there in Texas listening? Oh, there's a lot of them, yeah. Let us know if you want to host. Just know that we're open. Like, we don't have a bias to what side of the country or, or where in the country. It's it's more a limitation on right now who has a space big enough with the right AV requirements and, right. you know, and obviously... Because we're talking 150 plus... People, oh, yeah. 300, somewhere between 150 and 300. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know, but yeah, it could be, it could be 300. Right. So. And and probably a summer, end of summer. Yeah. Date. That's kind of where we're looking for. You know, we're trying to move it slowly backwards. Okay. In, into the year, um, but again, all that could change depending on on final final plans. Okay. Good. But on that note, though, oh. we're we're not only working on on the location. We're also, again, I wish you could see all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but we're actually doing a lot of research on the production of it. Like, we really, really, really want to capture high-quality content from that from that, from that uh, uh, conference. And I've already spent a lot of time researching, you know, the right kind of capture gear and the right, and we'll have to make an investment in that, mm-hmm. in that gear to make sure that we have this. It's very simple, but high-quality. Um, so I think that was a, a big miss from, from the first one. Yeah, there was a lot going on at that first one. Yep. Okay, so let's transition a little bit. You've had the opportunity to have discussions with a large number of technology leaders. You've been out to different large churches as well. 
So what's your take on the state of church management space? Well, I think it, it's it's really an interesting time in the church management world. And, and like you said, just talking with a lot of the vendors, a lot of churches, a lot of consultants. Just It's funny, the people who find their way to our phone and, and, and we find our way to their phone. Um, it's been fun just meeting people and just learning about, you know, different perspectives on it. And I think we're really living in an interesting time in the church management world. And in my opinion, this is all my opinion, so you know, we can disagree and still be friends, but I think there's really a dichotomy forming in the church uh, management world. You know, you have a lot of these established vendors um, who are becoming more and more closed, especially as they acquire their own tools to, to create a, a whole package. They're getting more and more closed, and I think if you want to know that, if that's true or not, just ask the giving vendors. You know, they, they can tell you how open the, you know, the giving world is becoming. In fact, this closed nature really seems to center around, a lot of times, again, my opinion, the giving tools. Like, it seems like the, having control of what gateway to flow those transactions down. It's like a fire hose. Like, what fire hose am I going to put these transactions down? It seems to be becoming very, very, a very tight and closed community. And there really seems to be a scramble to control the gateway. Um, and I think that's a fire hose that everybody wants to control. And, I, and why? Well, of course, there's, there's money there. Um, and you know, people need to make a living. People need to pay for the services. I get that. Like, but I think a closed system is is really a dangerous one. And I think those. What's interesting in the, in the dichotomy of it is that the, it really stands in stark contrast to the principles of Rock and, and and Spark, and that we believe in extreme openness. And and I think that's what's best for the church. Choice is what's best for the church, especially around giving. Like, we shouldn't. A group of a couple of us sit in a room and determine like whose giving tools are better for every church in America. Like this doesn't make sense. Like Rock, like we've talked about, has its own giving tools, and we're working on NMI. But PushPay is a great solution too. Like there's that solution makes a lot of sense for a lot of churches. And having options, letting the church decide who's best for them, is great. Yeah, and what about? Um other systems where people are migrating from one system to another and they've got all their giving data and reoccurring giving on another system and you know is it right or fair for them to have to try and switch them over i mean we'd like to solve that problem too right right i mean there's there's cases of that going on you know right now i mean not not trying to throw anybody under under a bus but that's happening and that's just that's not right like that's not what's best for the church um and I think when you have these closed systems, basically what you do is you're going to limit the innovation. Mm-hmm. Like, what if there's a giving vendor right now who's working on something that's amazing that we haven't even thought of? Um, limiting their access to, to the market or to the church management space, because all the data kind of flows through the church management system, I think is, is, a, is a huge detriment to the, to the church. You know, another good example, Kindred does some pretty amazing innovative stuff with, with text to to give and when you look at it like the concept seems so simple but that's because they spent so much time making them simple like mm-hmm. simple isn't easy you know um, and I think if someone wants to use their tool for text to give yeah like our, our, our philosophy is sure right you know if you don't like our tools for giving yeah well there's push pay that's great there's kindred there's all these tools and rock being 100% open any vendor could step in and create a plugin that works with Rock in their system. Right. So in the closed system we talked about, it, it, it limits innovation, but it also it also doesn't, there's no pressure to reduce costs. Like if it's, hey, if you use our system, you have to use this. Well, I don't have a choice. I have to use yours. But when you have all these, this openness and this competition for over innovation and also price, who wins? Right. The church does. Like we don't win. Like a Spark Development Network, you know, we're not winning on that. We want people to, like, the, the best thing for us, honestly, and people have actually come to us and approached us to do this, is to say, hey, we'll fund you 100%. Just make us the only giving But No, we can't do that. Like, yeah. that's not in the best interest of the church. Certainly would make our life a little easier, but that's that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I think as we talk with vendors, it, they're very refreshed when they hear, like, our vision. I think they think we're slightly nuts. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> But that's okay. Like, I think that's the vision God's given us to work on. It seems to be working, so we're going to keep on that. And kind of the analogy that you know we've been painting, we're going to be pushing it out into a few blog posts, um, 
and around the tech community is a is a comparison of like rock is like the green bay packers and you can love or hate the packers and trust me every one of you either loves them or hates them but the one thing that's very unique about the packers and i didn't really fully understand this till recently is that they're actually a nonprofit. And they're owned by their fans. They're the only NFL team that it doesn't have an owner. The owner is the fans. Hmm. And that's the way we kind of see Spark. I mean, obviously, we're a nonprofit. But we also, you know, we unlike the Green Packers, the Green Packers can sell shares in their nonprofit. We don't live in a state that allows that. But we kind of see it that way. Like, we, we're not, like, we don't own this. It's a nonprofit. No one can own a nonprofit. And we see the community as owning this effort, this vision, um, and so we see a lot of analogies to that. And we really see that Rock is really, what we want it to be is an innovation platform for churches that they can mold and guide and it can be their sandbox of innovation. And when they build something, they can immediately share it. Like, they don't have to come through us to share it. That's what the Rock stores for. Right. I wonder if that explains why the Green Bay Packers have notably had the best uh, fans. Like, our, our pastor is constantly talking about how the Green Bay Packer fans are the most... Uh, you know, the best fans of all the NFL. It's definitely, you see that here in Phoenix, because you, you go to the Cardinals versus Green Bay Packers, there's more Packers fans right. than Cardinals fans. And I think when you can have that sense of ownership and you can be the guiding light to that, yeah, it makes you want to be more of a fan because you have that sense of, like, stewardship or ownership. And we're, we're, we're actually starting to see that even in our own community. Uh, people jumping in, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Well, even this week, I mean, Slack is on fire just with ideas like, oh, look at that, look at this. And I think it's going to be more powerful when those ideas are in the rock shop. And and you can, uh, you know, just one click and now you have it. So again, rock is an innovation platform that allows you to build, then share with others. And the, and, and whether system can you do that? And, it, and again, rock isn't ours, it's yours. Like, that's the way we see it. We're just here to manage and shepherd and you know, put some, you know, guidelines and some boundaries so it doesn't go into a, a random mess of, of models and code going all over the place. Right. Um, and so we're, you know, trying to charter the vision and try to get everybody going in the right direction. But that's what we see our role is, is rock isn't ours, it's yours. Excellent. All right, so here we are. It's February 12th. We're, you know, a month and a half into the new year. John, in general, how do you feel about the start of 2016? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if you were reading that off a piece of paper. I, I may have been. <laughs> I think things are going really well. And as I kind of think through, like, how are things going, I mean, it, it kind of comes back and reminds me of that one, that first trailer on, on the new Star Wars movie. Like, kind of, I, I brought it in. Like, There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? You know, as a Star Wars fan, of course... I'm drawn to that, but I really do feel like there has been this like awakening, and that people are now like now finally kind of hearing about rock, and 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 wanting to know more about it. And I think that's happening in the churches. I think it's happening definitely in the vendor space. Like everybody's has been like trying to figure out the vision and and, and, and loves the vision. And so I feel like there's this real this, this groundswell happening. Um, there's a number of churches who are now fully migrated to rock. A lot, a lot of big ones, a lot of small ones, a good cross section. Um, I think there's been a lot of, you know, recently, and this hasn't been super public, but there's been a lot of like very influential pastors in the country. Um, some of the most influential pastors in the country have been saying some really crazy cool things about rock, how it's going to change the world, and and others who have said that hey, they've invested so much money in trying to do this in the past and it didn't work, and now this is really working. And I, you know, over time, some of that some of that stuff hopefully we can we can share, but. There's a groundswell there. I think people love the vision. Um, I think we see a spirit of the community in Slack. I mean, that's really going well. Um, I think there's a, a lot of involvement with the vendors, like I mentioned. But there's also things like what KFS is doing. Kingdom First Solutions is really providing now a hosting platform for Rock, and they're continuing to add packages and levels. And I think that's a much needed thing. And I think there's other. Uh, vendors who are who are interested in doing the same, and I think that's great. Again, choice is good, and and all of what you've just said has been with almost no marketing. Like the it word has just organically gotten out, right? And that marketing is about to change. Like I said, we're working on on some plans on that. There's blog posts already ready to go out. I think one of the things that we we've, we've been kind of waiting on is this. Okay, we gotta get four row out. We gotta get you know the first updates out there. And then also, too, just wanting to make sure that we have, like, we 
on our side have some work to do just to communicate about some of the services like Kingdom First. Like when people know about Rock, the next question is like, how do I get started? Mm -hmm. I don't think we have quite the content ready yet to di divert them to the right places to get help. And so, but I've been working on that uh, on weekends and I, I feel like we're almost there. I just need maybe a couple more days to get that done and we'll have that kind of needed and then I'll feel more comfortable about doing the marketing. But that is coming. But yes. So when that marketing starts, that's going to have a, an effect. Right. What's going to happen? I mean, I think there's a tidal wave coming. Like even without the marketing, you can feel the wave coming. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you can like when there's the a, water has receded. Exactly. You know when a tsunami is about to hit, <laughs> the water recedes. But we already sense it. Like we, we're already talking with the vendors. We're talking with a lot of churches. We're, I mean, it's coming. Like trust me. Like you can feel it, and that's incredibly exciting. But it's also incredibly dangerous mm -hmm. um, because that's a huge wall of water coming our way, and, and we can either sink or swim. And so we can see the signs that's coming, and, and what's going to be the, the, the difference between success, you know, swimming or sinking, is really the community. If it's just spark on the beach to, to battle this wave, you will find our bodies in a tree up on the mountain. Uh, <laughs> It's that's is really what's going to happen. Yeah, if it's dependent on four, five, six people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll find our bodies in a tree, um, but we we can't survive the wave. We can make the best of this wave. This wave is a great opportunity. But what we really need to do is everybody to lock arms as a community and, and step up and 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 let's channel this wave in, into into a positive place. And so that might lead you to ask, well, what can I do? And I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> So a few things, a few points I just kind of wrote down is, you know, definitely continue to help those in Slack and on the Q&A. Please don't forget the Q&A. Like, I sense, I, I find myself forgetting about the Q&A. Right. I think Slack has kind of sucked some of the energy uh, away from the Q&A. We need to be conscious about that and go back to the Q&A and realize there's even more newbies out there. Right. And there's no history in Slack. Right. I mean, it's not searchable. It can't help anyone months from now. Yeah, because the warning thing I put out there is there are people still using the QA that, that we in Slack are forgetting about them. Right. And, you know, th there are some tools for, for some of the uh, community leaders that they can notify us of, of a Q&A post that needs our attention, our core attention. And there are some people doing that. And so, so thank you. Like, keep doing that. I mean, obviously tackle all the ones you can because, like, we can't keep our eyes on all of this. Um, all right. But keep an eye on the community, on the Slack community and on the Q&A. And, and really good props to David Lay this week for, for jumping in and helping, you know, really do some deep level, like, yeah, troubleshooting. That awesome. That's great yeah, to see. Yeah, free tech support. That was amazing, David. Yeah. And that's the kind of help we need people to always be doing, you know, with each other, with new people. And, and Derek Mangrum is is welcoming people. I mean, we ask people to do it. He's doing it. And, and it's having a great response. I've actually gotten some personal feedback from people who were welcomed as they came into the Slack community, and they mentioned it to me. Like, I didn't ask, hey, how'd you like the welcome? They, they brought it up. Yeah, that's awesome. So that, that shows it's having a great impact. So, you know, step one, help those who need help. Um, step two, I'd say, would be be our eyes and ears. Block and tackle and raise up issues that need addressing. So the more you can be out there, social media, these channels, just helping us block and tackle. Uh, another good one is on the issues. People submit issues. Most issues, they are issues. But a lot of issues, they're not issues. They're just, you know, Oops. pilot error or misunderstanding. The more of you that who can jump onto those and start, like, doing the first level debug and, like, is this really an issue? You know, Aaron France has been good about doing stuff like that, um, trying to get more information. That's helping. That's blocking and tackling. Yeah, and it's just it can be just something as simple as going and confirming that that bug. If you can reproduce it, then you can say, "Yeah, I verified it." Right, because it's a two-edged sword. We don't want people to feel like they shouldn't post an issue unless they know. And we don't want people to be afraid of like posting a, a non-issue. That's gonna happen. Like that's that's just that's just life. But the more we can have people helping us filter through that and block and tackle, trying to find out what's the real issue and what's not. Um, so please don't be afraid of posting in there. Yeah, and I would just add too that if you do find an issue, if there is an issue, make sure you post it in GitHub. Yes. You know, mentioning it in Slack, you know, that's so transient. I mean, it. Yeah, that river yeah. will be gone later that day. You know, if you want to 
post in Slack, hey, has anybody else seen something like this? You know, you're getting like the background information right. to go post. Yeah. But, right. but do, don't, don't be afraid of putting it in, in there. And part of that is also, um, if you know that somebody else in the community is an expert in that area or can address a, a, the question, don't be afraid to privately message them and say, hey, can you go ask, uh, address that question? That actually happened to me. Somebody did that. It was actually you, John. Um, I would have done it publicly. <laughs> so, yeah, do that for each other. Yeah, and that's not to say we want all these rules and but first and foremost, don't be afraid. Just do whatever you think you need to do. You're not. Don't worry about am I going to do it wrong? Like we don't want people right. to be afraid of it. We're just trying to give you some best practices because we're really speaking to you guys. Is like speaking to like the family, the immediate family. You know, right. the core of, of all this. So we want to give you some best practices for that. Um, third point that how you could help is we definitely need to spend more time on the Q and A in the alpha and beta phase. Um, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure this all out, so, um, but I think the more time we can spend in QA, the, the releases in alpha and beta, the better the product will be. Yeah. What do you, do you mean a longer QA period or more? No, more formal, I think, right? So I More th- real testing. Yeah, yeah I think we've, we've thrown the idea around that we should have a, a list of things, really, a, like a, a whole laundry list of things that you go through and check off if you can. So if you can create a data view with 30,000 people and you can sub, uh, send an email to those 30,000 test emails, go ahead and do that. And we might have that as one item on that list. Now, we'd love for someone in the community to just step up and create, like, hey, run through this laundry list. But if it doesn't, if that doesn't happen, we'll probably ha- end up having to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think in the in the perfect world we'd have like a laundry list of those use cases like you said and then we would we would assign out areas of those to to different organizations and hopefully a couple organizations has like coverage on each area but that requires tools that requires like a lot of work that we we just don't have time to do like if someone wants to step up and help us with that that's great yeah that's what needs to be done because i think if there's one thing i I would worry about like i would want to improve right now is, is this the initial quality after a release but we're running and gunning right now Um, and eventually we are rolling a lot of new functionality and that happens in new functionality you know Dave and I were talking this week like a bug in a new new feature is obviously not something we want but that's better than a bug that we introduced in something that was working in 2.0 or 3.0 like those are the ones that kill me it's like ah right you know again we're getting more mature and smarter as we do this Um, but that said, more QA time in alpha and beta, and and have a conversation in Slack on that. Like, give us ideas, work together to get ideas. Right. If you're an expert in Selenium and you want to create a bunch of Selenium UI tests, that would be fantastic. But traditionally, up until now, alpha has been make sure it installs. But we're going to try and move past that. So it's make sure it installs and run through as many tests as you can, and then beta for sure is supposed to be do as much as you can with that for real. Right. Yeah. Yep. Another thing is that it, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the shoulder of the boulder um, blog. I think the more things we can get on there, the better. And so one of the things I would recommend is the same thing I do when I think something should be done in my life. I just make a goal and I just do it. Like, and I usually don't make that goal in two weeks. I usually make it, okay, tonight I am going to write this like I had a the Green Bay Packer blog post was an example like I knew I needed to do that like so one Friday night I said okay well when it else goes to bed I will I will write this blog post you know I think it's just a matter of just doing it and setting aside I'm doing it at this exact time that's how you know you to get things done is to specify the exact time so and I think that's a very valuable um, blog. Um, more so right now for like those who are more involved with rock, but that's going to be the recipes and the best practices uh, that everybody eventually is going to see and, and do. And the last thing is this something we always put is just to continue to pray for funding. Um, I think things are going well there, but we still have a long ways to go. And just simply put, I think what's in the community's best interest is like David and I and those working in Spark being able to focus 100% on core. 
it kind of goes back to some of the consulting work I mentioned is like good stuff like it's good stuff but some of it only helps and benefits a single church which is great I mean there's nothing wrong with that but it's better when we can be working on things that helps tens of churches hundreds of churches who knows soon to be with, with if in in God's power thousands of churches and and some of the plans that we have in the black book it, on the drawing boards in the Evernotes right now in 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 Asana are just too good to wait like the sooner we can be working on those you know I really think the better off we all are all right well is that a wrap that is a wrap all right that's a wrap uh, let, let's end in prayer let me yep do that <clears throat> Father, we are just so thankful for uh, getting to be part of this team and t- taking on this task of creating something for free and giving it away. Lord, we just would ask that you would uh, keep inspiring the community to step up and playing their part um, to give John and David a break. Um, Lord, we'd also ask for increase in funding that just keep coming in. Um, I would ask that people would be reminded of, of this, that you just bring it to their mind and they would kind of pray for rock maybe more regularly and like that a little praying team would uh would form around that and lord just help us to see the obstacles that are before us and and navigate around them and uh lord we just ask for all these things in your son's name amen amen This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.